Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Creative Control with Beach Comic. Hello! From time to time, I mention the fact that I write for different magazines, and that sometimes when I'm doing that magazine work, it kind of makes its way into this show. The interviews are kind of double-purposed. This particular episode is a very unique one um, in that regard. Uh, I work for Exclaim Magazine in Toronto, Canada, and one of their sections is called Music School. And what you do in Music School is you talk to a musician about their studio. You talk to them about their gear that they're kind of known for. You talk to them about the way they play, the way they sing, the way they rap, whatever. And it's very sort of, it's like a specialty segment, right? Where you focus in on a musician who's got maybe a new record out or something, but you talk about their practice. So I was assigned to go and meet with Will Curry of the group Will Curry and the Country French at his home in Waterloo to talk about how he plays, what he plays, all that kind of stuff. And so I went in with my my friend, Dean Palmer, who's a photographer uh, based in Guelph, where I live. Uh, Dean and I are old friends, and I recommended him for this for this job. So we drove to Waterloo together, and Dean came with me, and, and you'll hear him in the background trying to shoot uh, the session that uh, for this magazine article that's going to be out in Exclaim. So Dean and I go, and it's uh, Will Curry and Daniel McPherson. And uh, Will Curry and the Country French have a new album out now. It's called They Killed Us, and they've got some uh, tour dates uh, coming up. Uh, hang on a second. Uh, where is it? Uh, oh, man, I'm trying to get into their site. I'll tell you about that in a moment. As you're listening to this, they've got a couple of uh, dates coming up in, uh, I think it's uh, Toronto and uh, Montreal, I think is what's left as we're speaking now. They just played in Kitchener on June 16th. On June 18th, they're at the Music Gallery in Toronto. And on uh, June 20th, they're at Monument National in Montreal. There, a little plug for them. Uh, promoting their new album, They Killed Us. Anyway, I go and I have a conversation with Will and a little bit with Daniel about music school stuff. And it's good. I think it's fine. It, it makes good good uh, material for this show as well. I don't think it's too inside. I think you'll get it. And then a couple of weird things happen. Um... Basically, to stay out of Dean's view, me, I don't want to be in the shot, right? Because it's a magazine thing and I don't need to be in it. I just take a seat as far away from Will as I can and so that Dean has room to move. And one of the seats that's available is behind a drum kit. Now, I'm a drummer, so I'm comfortable. We just, we're going to have the chat sort of across the room and I'm going to try to stay out of Dean's way so he can shoot Will and, and Daniel as well. And uh, as a joke, kind of, I'm like, why don't we just start playing to start this conversation off. So what you'll hear at the beginning of the show is me holding a mic with one hand and drumming with the other, just one-handed drumming. I'm not going to make a crass joke about Def Leppard. And Will's playing keyboards and trying to talk, and Daniel's playing bass while we're just having this conversation. It's like a like a beat poetry thing almost, really. Anyway, we do that for like six, seven minutes, and then we have a conversation about uh, Will and his album and his life, and it's I think it's interesting. And then at the end, something else happens that's kind of weird. And I start all of this. So, you know, I'm owning it. It's a little weird. You'll see. Uh, by the end of the episode, some other kind of musical collaboration happens, and it's kind of funny. 
Now, you'll also hear a uh, brand new song from the new album, uh, They Kill This by Will Curry and the Country French. And uh, that's all. That's all I have to say. I think I've explained it. This is myself and Will Curry and the Country French in a very unique episode of Creative Control. If you enjoy the Creative Control podcast and want to support it with a monthly pledge, please visit patreon.com slash creative control. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash creative control with two Ks. You can pledge $1 a month or $4, $8, $30, $50, $100 a month, whatever you want. There are gifts and incentives to pledge. More than anything, you can keep the show going. There's no other revenue stream for this podcast. I've been doing it for my own fulfillment and to contribute something to the culture. But I think it's time to see if I can generate some kind of salary from all of this work. So, if you appreciate Creative Control, again, please consider pledging a monthly amount. All of the info you need is at patreon.com slash creative control. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or choose from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerottis, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread. Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or visit them online at trocaderoguelph.ca. That's T-R-O-K-A-D-E-R-O-G-U-E-L-P-H dot C-A. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. sit there i think it will look at that yeah as long as you don't play too aggressively no i won't during the course of no, the i'm not gonna play too aggressively I think it's you should play. you can no i'm not gonna i, I encourage wanna. you to <laughs> maybe i can oh i'm not i don't have any sound anymore even this oh man the keys are muted how are we supposed to communicate musically <laughs> maybe okay well i think you should play something just to get to, there you are I'm going to play a little bit on this drum kit, see how it sounds. With one hand. <laughs> oh, snare's off. So, Will, can you hear me? Yep. Okay. Tell me about this space of yours. I know this is your home. How long have you had it? Um, my wife and I bought this house uh, last July, so almost a year. Yeah. Um, it's one of the uh, oldest houses in Waterloo. Okay. Um, it was built in 1866, um, which is quite nearly 150 years. Um, next year it will be. And yeah, we just really love it. It's super small. 
oldest and possibly smallest house in Waterloo. But, uh... It doesn't seem that small to me. It seems like you have a lot of space. You've got a lot of instruments. Like, yeah. room for instruments in your living room. If this... If this... What, what if, this is just like your normal living space. Yeah, this otherwise. is it. And how many, how many people do you have in here at any given time to play music? How many people do we have playing? Yeah. Four at the most. Four at yeah. the most. You got a four-piece band. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you were looking for a house, was it essential to have a space like this? No, not at all. Um, um, I just assumed we'd go to somebody else's house, but that hasn't seemed to work out, so <laughs> we're here. Are you from Waterloo originally? No, I'm from Newmarket, but uh, I went to Laurier and uh, just kind of just kind of settled in. <laughs> I kind of throwing the odd fill as we have this conversation. <laughs> I think all conversations need fills, don't you? Oh, totally. Sure. Okay, so Dean, Dean Palmer, the photographer, is here also <laughs> directing the conversation. So you, you came here for Laurier for what? For music? Yeah. Yeah, that's how we all met, actually. We were just uh, music majors in the music faculty at Laurier and uh, started a band in first or second year or something and then just stayed with it. Yeah, it's second year university. What, uh, what was your course of study as a, as a music student? Um, I don't know. It's, you sort of break off into streams. Like, we were percussion majors. Um... Uh, but uh, you kind of do like, you can do theory, history, composition, therapy, education. And uh, I was music education, Daniel was music composition, and I don't know. So you were, okay, so you, so how did you get, so how did you start playing keys? Because you're kind of known as a, a really top-notch keyboard player, are you? Yeah, I just sort of, I started learning when I was in grade 10, just out of like a Beatles fake book and stuff. I just okay. sort of learned how to do chords and I don't know. If you know enough theory, then you can kind of get your way around a piano pretty well. I don't know. So where did you learn your theory? Um, I don't know. University, I guess. Oh, you, okay. So your whole time, like in high school, did you do music stuff? Like when did you first? Yeah, I was big into music in high school, but, um, it doesn't really get too much into, um, doesn't go too deep down into theory or like, uh, classical performance or anything like that. So you kind of develop that stuff in university pretty early on. But like as a little kid, what was the first thing that sparked your interest in music? Um, I put a lot of pots together and started banging and stuff. <laughs> but, um, when I was in like grade seven or grade six, they put me on uh, trombone in like elementary school band. Because I think, like, I was, like, the only guy whose arms were, like, long enough to get that coveted seventh position on the trombone. You gotta be, like, kind of lanky, and so I guess the teacher just decided that was gonna be... But I wasn't that great at it. So, like, did your parents get you into music, or did you see it on TV? Did you hear it on the radio? Um, I don't know. I was... They're not, like, overly musical themselves, but I was just sort of... I'm drawn into it. Like, my friends at school, we all formed a band. We were just had similar interests. Radiohead was a big deal, you know? Radiohead, of course. Yeah. And, uh, and then we started forming a band that was like, we'll be like Radiohead, only in grade seven. <laughs> and, so, and that was kind of cool. Um, Are we playing one of your songs right now, or are we just jamming? I don't know what's going on. This is an old one? Okay, it's easy for... Well, it's just a descending major scale, if that works for you. Okay, yeah, this is easy for me to conduct an interview, relatively easy to conduct this interview and play drums at the same time. I've never really done this before. How's just, this feeling to you? I just need to speak in four-bar phrases so that I don't... <laughs> Should we change it up? I don't know how to change it up, maybe. I don't know, that's tricky. <laughs> I'm having a hard enough time playing and yeah, if it's a pop shuffle, I'm with do you. Wanna you. Take a, do you wanna take a break from sure. the, the jam and talk some more? I think that was an interesting experience for people listening <laughs> to hear an interview happen, sort of, we were, it was a little stilted, you know, we were trying to concentrate on a couple of things at, a, at the same time, I think, but I yeah. think it was useful information. I think so. 
And if anyone wasn't sure what four chords sound like, they, <laughs> they, they got their fill. I was hoping we would be able to do the whole thing. Yeah. Maybe we'll revisit it when we're feeling up to it. If sure, yeah. Daniel, we'll take requests Yeah, later. if Daniel feels like he's got something he has to play, then we'll <laughs> join him maybe. Okay, so you are, you're a little kid and you don't mm-hmm. really remember what got you into music really. No, not really. I, lots of oldies radio, I think. Like but in the, long car trips and stuff with my parents, they would always just sort of pick the radio station. It wasn't one of those like cater to the kids situation or like put on like a fun thing for them. It was just sort of like uh, we we're listening to the songs we like. So, uh, like oldies radio back then, like CHFI was like exclusively 50s and 60s. You right, know, right. now oldies radio is like up to 1988 or something. Um, but back it's, then, you know it was why? Just like, because we're old. Yeah, I guess that's. <laughs> I think you're younger than me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, significantly. I think so. Maybe. You have a few grays on me. I got a few. <laughs> I got the salt and pepper happening here. <laughs> Yeah, so and you say Radiohead was big for you in grade seven. Yeah, you know who's yeah. big for me in grade seven? The Beatles. <laughs> That's who I loved in grade seven more than anyone. They thought I was yeah. a freak. All the kids like new kids on the block. Well, no, I can relate. Like, um, I had this. I played this game with my grade four teacher, where like every day, um, one of us would would feed each other a lyric from a Beatles song, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the other one had to guess like what song that was from. How successful were you? Uh, I was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I was pretty good rarely stumped so the Beatles were a big deal for you yeah but I think they're like kind of a big deal for everybody doesn't it seem like they're kind of like the air we breathe yeah exactly like they're everywhere <laughs> in like a not non Hollies kind of way <laughs> yeah exactly not like the Hollies <laughs> right the air we breathe yeah yeah no I, I think that they're sort of omnipresent and and you know so many artists have been influenced by yeah, that it's true to the point where it's almost tacky when someone says like like What's your favorite band or like what are your influences? And you say the Beatles, it almost seems like a cop out. No, Even though I bet no. like 80% of the time it's true, no matter who you ask. I mean, for me, it's, I, I don't want to talk. Well, well, who else is there for you? If it's, if not, the, you mentioned Radiohead. Yeah, I don't know. The first concert I ever went to was Rufus Wainwright when I was in grade five. Um, and well, I just got really into him on an early, at an early age and like Sloan as well, like grade five, grade six. Those were the shows that I was going to. Did you see um, Rufus Wainwright open for Sloan? Um, no, I never saw him open okay. for Sloan, um, but I know he did. He did a big yeah, tour early on. Yeah, he definitely did that show in Guelph. I, I know I saw that. Uh, um, I was not there. No, well, you would have been a little tiny kid. Well, I was still going to show. <laughs> <laughs> so you see, because the Rufus Wainwright thing is interesting because uh, I was listening to your new record mm-hmm. over the last couple of days, and that influence, I think almost more than anyone, yeah. is going to get brought up for you. Yeah, it has so far. It has already. Yeah. Uh, how does that make you feel? I don't know. At first I was thinking maybe I should shy away from it or like somehow pretend like it wasn't true. Cause I, cause it is almost a little close and I didn't want it to be like, that seems like you're like a bit of a ripoff maybe. Um, but I mean, it's true. I mean, when you, when he's your favorite artist, when you're like 10, like, I mean, you're going to start writing songs that way or you're going to start like kind of singing that way or something like that. And it's not like, I don't think it's a carbon copy, but I hear it too. Like, uh, Well, why would you think it's a carbon copy? You're not going to think that. No, like like a poor man's terrible version of like Rufus Wainwright. Like that's how I guess I kind of see it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so it's that heavy. The influence is that heavy for you that even... Sometimes when be... I listen back and I hear the way I pronounce certain words or something like that, it seems like I think I do that because Rufus did that or something right. like that. Yeah. And did that yeah. drew, do you play any other instruments? No. Nope. You only play keys? I only play keys. Well, like... You play a bit of drums because yeah. you, you have the percussion background. Yeah, like, but that rarely comes up anymore. Like, 98% of the time I'm playing a piano. Okay. Yeah. And you don't play any guitar? No. Never? You've never played any guitar? No, like, I'm left-handed and it was, like, immediately inconvenient. So I put it down, you know? <laughs> like... Sure. I put, I gave, like, no no effort to learning um because i thought like oh if i'm left-handed it's impossible and i can't find a left-handed guitar and i didn't really look and that was it okay so yeah. no guitar so piano's it i can do like three solid chords on the guitar um which are the chords so e minor's a big one for me that's easy yeah i can i can do a whole song around e minor that's just like two strings yeah it's very simple. And they're very close together. They're very close <laughs> together. They're right next to each other. Okay, yeah. Okay. A I can do and D I can do. Um, 
not too quickly. Now you're saying when you say you can do them, you're mm-hmm. the the stipulation is that on a right-handed guitar you can do yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's why it's a there's a difficulty level is is raised because you're not. Yeah, maybe. But on a left-handed guitar, have you ever played a left? I've never tried it really. Huh. Yeah. That could open up your whole life. Whole yeah. new instrument. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. You have no interest. I have in no guitar? interest in it. It's, no. it looks tricky. I've heard a guitar. The last <laughs> guitar teacher I had told me that the guitar makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. I told him that I was simultaneously taking piano lessons. I mm-hmm. got on this. I was about to have a kid, yeah. and before the kid arrived, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to be able to have. I played music since I was a teenager, but didn't know anything about it. Yeah, I just yeah. play. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, I knew chords, but I didn't know why. They didn't know anything about it. So I thought I better have it at the ready in case a kid someday asks me questions. Right. And uh, the more, and I never had any piano. I've always been fascinated by piano. Yeah. The more I learned about piano, I was like, oh, this all makes sort of mathematical sense mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. some level. Like this makes sense. Yep. Alphabetically, even it makes sense. Yeah. You can visually see intervals, and you could see yeah. the difference between. Yeah. But the guitar, makes even no as sense. he was showing me like how things work down the neck, he's like. Yeah, and for some reason C just skips like it's it's going fine, <laughs> and then C just goes you, you one fret down. I'm like, well, why? He's like, we don't know. We have no idea. My guitar teacher is like, I give up. I don't know. <laughs> so I was like, that's weird. Like, how am I supposed to go home and practice anyway? Yeah. So, but my first sort of instrument was guitar. So that's why I'm fascinated that you never because. No. Did you ever have a hang up about not being a cool person playing keyboards? Keyboards were not always the cool instrument. That's true. Maybe they still aren't. I can't tell. Yeah, actually, I have no idea either. You can't like people rock out on guitars. Well, yeah, you, you're not you're not a rocking out guy. I know. I guess that's true. I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis made piano seem cool. Remember him? That's true. Yeah, well, yeah. First show, you ended up cutting your hand and bleeding all over the keys. So that that was kind of you, hardcore you of me. What's um, the first show? What happened? What do you mean the first show ever? A, yeah, first country French show ever. Uh, Will I think you actually stepped on a glass because you were stomping and clapping and then you cut and, and smeared blood all over the keyboard yeah and it was yeah but it, that sounds intense but it was it was really an accident and i think we were playing like a soft pop shuffle or something that's rock and roll yeah it sounds nerdy like when 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 will re- recounts it it sounds when you said it daniel said a badass but will was like no it was just a shuffle i fell ow I think, I I mean, but let's, let's remember we're equating like the same thing they do at like a Jewish wedding. Right. Like it's the same thing. Okay. I don't know if anyone says that's rock and roll. Maybe. Maybe they do. I haven't been. It is pretty, anytime you're breaking glass and dancing. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty rock and roll. Okay. So, so. Not that hardcore. Can you. That glass is wrapped up. That's true. That glass is wrapped up. Yeah, that's (laughs) right. At that ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, It's wrapped up in a tablecloth or. Yeah. This one was completely bareback. So I guess there's something hardcore about that. That's that's rock. There's definitely something hardcore about bareback. I think I think you're right about that. <laughs> now, can you pinpoint something particularly unique you do with keyboards? Like, have you come to that realization? Do you feel like you 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 were talking earlier about how sometimes you have become hung up on not yeah. having your own voice? You have yeah. you might have Rufus's voice, right? But as a player, do you feel like you bring something special to the table? I was about to say something and then realized that that's not unique. But like, I think I play the piano. Um, like a drummer does. Okay. Because um, I'm, uh, it's just fairly rhythmic. I, I get some fancy sometimes, but not really. Like I like to do my bass in just an octave, like almost always. Uh, like I'm only just like, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. Uh, um, and uh, so it's when I play, it's. Uh, it's not so much my fingers are separate, but my hands are separate. Um, Your hands are separate. Well, yeah, so like it's not like independence in fingers. Like if it's like a, a pop song or something and I'm going kind of hard, then I'm not like doing anything too fancy normally, but I'm just sort of playing with two hand independence instead of like 10 finger independence. Um, okay. But um, Ben Folds was also a percussion major and I think he kind of does the exact same thing. So You're downplaying your uniqueness right now. Well, I'm just realizing that I think he would probably say the same thing. So I don't know. I think that do you? Th- there is a strong relationship between uh, uh, percussion and piano. Yeah, yeah. I, think I mean, you're is. you're pounding out rhythms in yeah. sort of the same way. Mm-hmm. So you see, I mean, could you sit in this on this drum kit and 
be fine? You'd play the drums just fine? Not that particular drum kit, because um, I'm left-handed, and oh, I right. switched the kit. But right. I realized that today when I <laughs> sat behind there for like a second. Do also, you... for some reason, Aaron plays his snare drum really low to the ground. It is really low today. I noticed that. Yeah. So it's that's not that's just how he plays it. So okay. So all right, fine. You okay, couldn't play this yes, specific, no, yeah, specific kit, but if in this theory, drum kit was, yeah. Okay, you could play the drums. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and on country French recordings, mm -hmm. how much is it a band recording? How much do you play uh, other people's stuff? Uh, no, I don't play other people's stuff. Never. No, I just do um, piano and vocals, and Daniel plays the bass, like Aaron drums. Dan plays guitar. We don't really okay. overlap that much, no. Have you ever thought to just like when you do you do you make your own demos and stuff like on your own before you bring them to the band? Um, only on piano. I don't ever like never flush it out in. that way. So the yeah. country French is a real band. Oh, it's a band. Yeah. Like there's no like you know your names out front. Yeah. That gives it the connotation that you know maybe you're in. Well, I think it's because charge. Yeah. I mean, I think it's because I write the songs, but I don't like. Um, tell people what to play like i don't like arrange the the uh like what what they do like i wouldn't tell daniel like the bass line goes doo, 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 doo. first of all that's an outlandish bass line but <laughs> <laughs> we did have a big discussion about the like will curry versus just being the country french right very early on what was the discussion just <laughs> hey guys <laughs> walking into a venue and having people know at least so we stuck with that because at least everybody can pretend to be Will when we walk in to, to sound check and yeah I'm Will sure and that's the weirdest thing I yeah, don't think I've ever heard that it started off because like I I wasn't sure like the first show we played was opening for Tokyo Police Club and they just sort of asked me um, do you want to open for us and I didn't have a band so I was just like so I just asked guys like in the percussion studio like do you guys want to play with me to do the show um, so that first thing was Will Curry and the Country French because I didn't know that it would be like become like an actual band after that. But mm -hmm. we played that one show and we're like, wow, that was like a lot of fun. Let's keep doing that. And um, at the time, it seemed so small scale now, but at the time it was like, wow, like we kind of made a name for ourselves like at that show. So instead of like changing the band name, we'll just write it. And then that the longer you go, the harder it is to ever go back from something like that. Um, but I don't think it, the biggest problem is that people think we're a country band if they just sort of read it, so they don't really know. Oh, right, it. the country yeah. friend. We get that a lot. What is the uh, what is the origin? Yeah. Why why did you decide to call your backing band the Country French? I don't totally know. I don't remember. Um, I remember I I kind of wanted to be like call it um, Will Curry and the French French Revolution because I thought that was like kind of funny, like Dance Dance Revolution. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then I thought like, do I want to? have a funny band name like probably not but and now i think like wow that would make my life so much easier but country if we just french did is that. kind of funny too i guess it is yeah just in that it's sort of stupid it reminds it, it, it's sort of vivid i think it, okay it, it reminds me of a specific dialect of or or way of speaking french right i, I think that's what i was going for at the beginning <laughs> right. but since then it's just been a pile of oh no we're actually not a country band oh no like, we're not really french but you could really. change your why can't you just change your name at this point it's easier to change the music what what do you mean oh what was the music when you started no no i'm kidding okay. <laughs> like, become a country band country or band i see a right strictly francophone country band i think that you could change people change their names all the time yeah i don't know um do you have? Yeah, do you feel know. like you have that much of a following that people would be lost if you totally? Tried I think it would new? confuse our parents. But, oh, that's fine. Your parents yeah. are going to be confused no matter what you do. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like you know, your fan base would probably figure out your new name and. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, we've given it not that much thought. You I haven't. You, you don't want to think about this even. No, I don't know. Okay. Sorry, right. man. I, honestly, I haven't thought it through that much. The new record is coming out on. Is it on a label? Yep. Which label is it? Uh, File Under Music. File Under Music. Yep. Okay. So they didn't say like, hey, maybe we should change the name now. They never said that. No. Why would they say that to you? Well, I don't think they receive complaints about the name. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think they probably like it. Like you thought it was kind of vivid. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I just get it like, if I'm like explaining to like my dental hygienist, like, oh, your band, like, and then you have to say like, Will Curry and the Country French should be like, oh, I love country. Like that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. You yeah. Know? It's not like people who hear the music are like, like, I'd really love this band if they weren't called this. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's literally just explaining to my yeah, dental hygienist every six months. <laughs> it's good that you're going every six months. That's great. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, how many wh- wh- How many records have you put out with this band now? We did an EP and a full-length album, and this is the second full-length album. Second full-length album. Yeah. Was the first one on Murder Records? The first, the, the EP was on Murder, Murder Records, yeah. Right, okay. So so this is the second record. Can you, and so how, how old is this band? Uh, 2008. Oh, okay. Yep. So we're, oh, wow. Seven years or so now. Okay. Yeah, we're churning them out. Can you, can you talk objectively about the evolution of the sound of this band at this point? Uh, yeah. I mean, early on, it was a lot of pop shuffles. It was a lot of just sort of feel-good stuff. Um, and then the second or the first full-length record um, was still lots of pop, but um, but every now and then it would take a bit of a turn where you're doing... A little more orchestrated stuff and um, a little more um, softer kind of piano driven things and then now it's sort of gone even further that way where there's like maybe one or two pop songs but um, I think it's mostly just sort of exploring other other genres a little bit more to our like schooling roots rather than like our like um, fun like pop radio roots or anything like that have you do you feel like you've softened the sound in any way yeah I think that that yeah I think that's probably true um, is there a reason for that are you just getting older I don't know I mean I, I certainly am getting older I don't know if you are um, I, th- I feel like <laughs> I feel like just the simple um, uh, laws of time dictate that I would be I like I think it comes with like maybe it's maturity or maybe it's just like I'm doing just yeah. kind of what I always wanted to do. I don't know. Maturity I don't know. Maturity is a weird thing to equate with softness. I didn't even mean to do it there. I don't think you right. sometimes you get older and you get more caustic. You get I more guess I just <laughs> haven't found that to be true in other people. Yeah. I don't but know. But you it does seem mellower. Like when I listen yeah. to the new record I'm like this is much more mellow than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, no, I guess I guess yeah, we're just going that way. I think it's sort of um, what I've always really wanted to write, like this sort of balance of pop and, and mellow. Um, and yeah, I think it's just from living a slower paced life perhaps now. I really don't know. What do you do other than music? Um, I work for uh, uh, a company in Waterloo that uh, deals in reclaimed wood. So we do like um, custom furniture and material supplying for, but all out of like... Uh, Buildings that have like century buildings that have been taken down. Yeah, that's right. You do you work w- with your hands? Oh, did you? No way. Oh, sweet. I'll see you there. From the exact company? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so wow. You. Me too. It's the wood that makes it good. <laughs> I, Kenny Rogers, roastery. Anybody? Anyway, that's that was, their, <laughs> that was their slogan. It's the wood that makes it good. Um, so, <laughs> so you, uh, and what, do you work with your hands? Are you building stuff or are you just reclaiming the wood? You're taking the wood? Uh, yeah, no, so it's mostly, uh, building and like, um, working with customers like Dean who come in to like, <laughs> <laughs> they want to do like reclaim flooring or they want to do a custom table or something out of that stuff. So we'll design it or build it or work with them or just give them the materials, whatever they want. But so do you have that background as a woodworker? Just as a hobbyist. Um, oh, okay. Like I went to school for music, but um, 
Um, my dad was really big into like furniture making and stuff, so I would like do that with him, I guess. You have this beautiful uh, wooden case that's, yep. that's covering your keyboard. Did you build this? I didn't build it. I, f I finished it. Um, but a friend of mine in Toronto built this for me. Um, what is what is what are you playing right now? What is your keyboard of choice? It's a it's a Korg SV1. What um, is the significance of the Korg SV1? Um, it just does like um, I really like the weight of it, and I liked um, I liked the piano sound that it gave me. Um, it's it's like claim to fame as it does uh, vintage like stage keyboards like really well, mm -hmm. and it does. But I I never use it for that. I just really use it for the piano sound. I just like the like the way it feels. I don't know. Okay, you've yeah. tried other electric keyboards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This one yeah. stuck out for you. I used to play a Yamaha for a long time. Um, but yeah, this one, I don't know, that Yamaha like was just beat to hell like uh -huh. for just like being on the road, right? Um, and uh, yeah, when I went out shopping for another one, this one just spoke to me. I don't know. Is there any, you know, there are a lot of analog purists in various mm -hmm. realms of music, yep. you know, whether it's recording or instrumentation. Mm -hmm. Are you... Do you fall under that? Are you a guy that like if a if a club has a yeah. a baby grand, mm -hmm. are you gonna be like I'm leaving my keyboard in the car and I'm playing that? Uh, yeah, usually. Yeah, you you wouldn't mind if you had the means, you would play an acoustic piano. Uh, I guess I would, but it ha would have to make sense with like what else is going on. Like a lot of bars and stuff have like an upright or something in the corner, and you're like, wow, that would be cool to play, but like nine times out of ten it's terribly out of tune and it mm. like couldn't be amplified properly without everything being weird but um but i used to be a purist like um like on our last full-length record like we bought an upright piano and just to have for that record just to put in the studio and do all that stuff um but this time around i wasn't quite as picky and found i don't know that um i play a couple different pianos and some of them are real and some of them aren't but uh but uh, I don't know. It's whatever the sound is good. Like you can do a lot uh, in terms of mimicking sound, sure. and no one knows or cares really. So uh, don't you, you don't strike me as a gearhead guy. I'm honestly not. I'm not at all. You're I don't. Practical musician. Yeah, like I'll never go up to someone after a show and be like, "Oh, sweet, what is that?" Or like, "Oh, awesome thing." Like I couldn't tell you what any other things in this room are, <laughs> <laughs> aside from. This and You're it's sitting on I, a chair. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's a television. Um, okay, yeah, you don't know what's going. Yeah, on. I'm just I'm not that guy. Daniel's really that guy, but I'm not that You're guy. You're a gear guy, Daniel. Oh yes. Yeah. What do you play? Um, what's you're your not setup at all? By the way, do you want to come and? You talk can maybe go talk into Will's mic. Sure, yeah. if you don't mind. So I've got the uh, Fender American Five String Jazz. It's uh, and then that's just going into an Agu Aguilar Aguilar. Mm-hmm. Head. My bass gear is the most boring of the gear. That's that's the one thing where I just kind of found a bass I like. I will say the first time he when he bought that bass and it's a five string bass, I thought, wow, that's really tacky to have a five string bass. I don't know why. I have no idea why I thought that was weird to have five strings. There's also like, the other classic, vaguely tacky thing. Yeah. Fretless bass. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People have a weird. Con Are you a fretless bass guy? No, no. It can be done well, but it's more often than not done terribly. Rick Danko used to play a nice fretless bass. <laughs> and no one can say a word against Rick Danko. Yeah. No. Right? Like, that's all you need to say. You're like, oh, okay, you're right. So there's the reason why people like the fretless. Right. Yeah, I think what made it tacky is everybody else being like, well, Rick Danko did it, so right. I can do it. <laughs> doesn't matter that I'm They're not They're a pretty Dango. special band, the band, actually. That's true. So, Daniel, you're playing, uh, you're the bassist. Mm -hmm. You're playing through a trainer. Yeah. Are you all about that bass? It's <laughs> a uh, Megan Trainer joke, Dean. A... <laughs> you know <laughs> Megan Trainer? Sorry. That was a terrible pun <laughs> joke. Doesn't require an answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you're not gear guy, or you're a gear I'm guy. I'm a gear guy, but not in not in the bass world. Okay. I, Do you play other instruments? Yeah, he like, plays every other instrument. Oh, okay. So, and like, pretty, like really, really well. So you're the so, utility guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm the the guy with the mic kit, and that's actually my drum set. It's, okay. Uh, he also plays the French horn. Oh, okay. Really well. He had the choice, like, to go to university for percussion or for the French horn. Like, he's that good. It's interesting that you each seem to go to school for percussion and then branched off. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it, yeah. maybe it's just your roles in this band that see you branching off. Well, it, yeah. 
I think it's because we all had different things to do and like different things that we did well, but we just met in the percussion realm. Yeah. Um, and I mean, a band with all drummers is really boring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Say that to the blue man group. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd all have to like dress alike and stuff. We do. Do kind of okay. No, that's that's interesting. It's good. So, Will, like you, very much. Is it fair to say you don't feel like you could do this without people like Daniel in your corner? Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, short of doing a solo show or something like that. Do you do solo shows? No. You avoid them. Um, are you asked to do them? No. <laughs> people are like, yeah, without the band, that guy. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah because everyone's like you know my favorite part about that song the bass line i'm not gonna go um yeah i don't know I, it doesn't totally interest me um uh, yeah i don't know it's just a lot more fun with you like playing people. in a band yeah and like to me that like the kind of the song is kind of built that way like with other people and there's songs on the record that are like just solo piano but i don't think anyone wants to go to a show to hear just those slow solo piano songs for like an hour or whatever. Does the band augment them live? Do you play some of those songs live in a different yeah. version? Yeah, we do yeah. actually. Okay, yeah. so that, okay. Yeah. But they felt, well, in the recording process, they felt like they were good on their own. Yeah. Okay. I now, guess so. we've talked about the mellowness of the, the, the new record. Is there, are there, is there a lyrical motif throughout it? Do you know if that's colored the, the tone and the mood of it? Um, yeah. Um, I think... Yeah, the, there's a general theme through the record is that basically we um, uh, we uh, oh lyrically. That's no, tricky. go ahead, go ahead. What were you? I'm well, I was gonna say like musically, basically the record goes so it's like sort of poppy, and then um, the band actually gets killed off in the record. So like none of us appear on like the final song or like the last two songs really. Like we just kind of drop out and don't come back the um, record's called they killed us yeah it's about your band yeah. being killed yeah and we do by whom i don't know they oh they it's a concept record of some kind yep about being killed yeah i mean probably not literally i feel like we're all in pretty good nick but um but uh yeah like our band isn't quite what it was um sort of deliberately um but i mean there was a time where we were like touring the country a lot and like playing with really like big name people and things were going like really well and on this upward trajectory and then we just sort of stopped um for various reasons but we just stopped doing it we didn't do anything for like two years um and then in writing they killed us it just sort of came about that a lot of it was about um um just sort of uh, expectations being tapered and uh um just in growing up in general that not everything is like the way you think it's going to go when you're young you know you've got big dreams but then it seems like all of those things sort of need to like take a back seat for different reasons and um yeah and also some thinking that like people don't listen to the radio hoping that they come across us or something like that they'd rather hear Megan Trainer sing or something like that. You know what I mean? And that's, that's totally fine. And that's the way it should be. Like, I don't, I don't think we should be on top 40 radio. I think it would be weird. Um, but it's just sort of coming to terms with the fact that that's not the band that we are. And that's not kind of what we do. Um, so understanding that also means that we have day jobs and we, you know, um, have other things going on. Um, yeah. So it's, um, total coming of age record. I I guess so. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose so. Well, I've heard that term a ton, but I guess I never really got it until I like you sort of write it. I don't know. You've heard the term coming of age. Yeah, coming of age. No, I mean like in general, but like it's a really coming of age record or something like that. Like I feel oh, you've like you've heard that said about other people's work. Yeah, like I feel like I read that in reviews all the time. Um and it always seems like a bit of like a cliche, but I suppose it's incredibly true in this case. I didn't really know. I think often that when people like I guess like me, when you're writing about someone else's work, yeah. you're relating to it. And yeah. sometimes when you feel, sometimes you're saying things about a record that you feel about yourself. Right. So it could be that the person writing the, the record review about Wilco coming of age is right. themselves coming of age, you yeah. know? 
And no, so I get it. It's it, like a conversation yeah. almost. Yeah, no, it's just, it, it's just dawning on me in this moment when you said that. I feel like, wow, that is a familiar term, but it's never been said about us before until now, and I guess it makes sense. Well, it does sound like it's certainly a lot of self, self-reflection self has yeah. been going on on it, and, mm-hmm. uh, and also a recognition of, what, limitations of what life is kind of about? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think, maybe feeds into the relatively somber tone of the, of the record yeah yeah no i think that's totally true and it's intentional but uh but part of it we were a little surprised by when it was all said and done and you have all these songs and then you listen back and you're like wow there's like a you almost don't realize to what extent you've been writing about or like yeah or the way you've been arranging things that like yeah it has a bit of a, a weird somber tone to it right um i love it um but I didn't realize it was going to be quite like that until it was done. Okay. Yeah. So uh, to kind of sum up, because part of why we're here today is kind of to talk about technical stuff, which mm-hmm. we've done a little bit. You're pretty much a pure piano guy. You're not a guy that's flipping through your organ settings and stuff. You're playing the piano. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was flipping through them before you came over here, but just <laughs> out of pure music, like boredom of like, uh, oh yeah, I forgot it did this or whatever, but. I never use it. Taking the break that you took from the band and then writing this introspective record, did you regain that flame for writing, you know? Did you regain that inspiration? Do you feel like you're ready to write something else now? Yeah, totally. Like uh, when I was writing this record, I didn't really realize I was writing a record. I thought maybe... um, I had my my thoughts on doing like maybe like a one-act opera or something like that. Um, and then things sort of developed and then it was kind of like I had all this material, but it didn't really sound like it could be a record. Mm-hmm. And then I just sort of thought, well, what if it was a record and it was just like a little weird or whatever? And I thought, that's okay. Like, who cares? Like, who are we anyway? Right. Like, who are we disappointing by like putting out a weird record? Um, uh, yeah, I don't but, know. But you've written, I think, from a relative place of darkness. Uh, th- it seems like it's got a sardonic tone to it and yeah. that the band conceptually the band dies on the record yeah um so you seem like you're kind of having fun with all of this but does yeah. this open up the the possibility of making a brighter record a, a sunnier record now that you've got this sort of out of your system yeah 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 actually we talk like as soon as we listened to it through like all together we thought like you know we could do like a pop ep or something like <laughs> that would be fun too like um after the fact and I, I think that could happen totally um but i i don't know i still do listen to this record and think like yep it sounds about right so i don't know okay you don't know what your next step is i have no idea are you touring um we're doing a couple shows um, weekend warrior warrior type touring nowadays yeah like not even it's sort of like a week-long thing just a couple theater shows like kitchener toronto montreal um and that's all that's like uh um that's like set in stone um but yeah i don't see us taking off for like a few weeks at a time or months at a time anymore yeah um we used to do that but now it just seems like really impractical with what we have going on you know um are these shows that you're talking about with other bands are you you able to sell out a theater on your own uh yeah that's great not everywhere you know um but uh but certain markets we can we can do that yeah they're just solo shows um Solo shows. Oh, I mean, or, yeah, you and the no, band. Sorry, just oh, us. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you bring support with you? Um, Tour? Like a, a opening band? No, no. It's just, just going and playing? Yeah, it's just us. That's great. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to it. Could you sell out this place? I believe I just did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dean's just waiting for the intermission to be over so that the show can start again. <laughs> <Yes>. um, <laughs> okay, no, that's great. I'm glad. It sounds like you're, you know, in a, this seems like you came out of something. Yeah, it felt, it felt like it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for you. Now, I have an unusual request. Yeah. I've never done this before. It's a complete imposition. Yeah. Normally, I would ask the artist mm-hmm. to play uh, for us to play a song from the record. We can still do that. But yeah. given our configuration, wouldn't it be interesting, perhaps, gentlemen, for you and you to start playing one of your new songs and me to just fumble my way into no, jamming with idea. you, and then we'll just go, is there a song that we could try to play together? Uh, totally, yeah. Okay, sure. I'm sure it's going to be great. This version of the song that I'm not that familiar with at all. <laughs> um, yeah. What would what what could a, what's a song we could play? Uh, 
Uh, let's play Philadelphia. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Do you know that? I Have listen, you heard this I, record? Yeah, yeah. I listened, <laughs> I listened to that song today. Yep. Um, I don't even want to hear it again. I could play it on my phone in my ear just no, to No, no, no. Let's just, let's just, just do it. You just go and, and, and I'll try to... There's nothing... I picked that one because there's no weird time signatures and nothing really... Ch- did we, changes pl- in terms was, of- did we play it earlier, basically? Is that the song we played? <laughs> oh, well, I think it well, needs I need both. This one. We need this one for the uh, recording for the this show. This is like a press conference. I'll take both. Yeah, take both, take both mics. Okay, so Daniel's going to... Okay, Philadelphia. Is there anything we, could, we need to know about this song? Oh, yeah. Okay, ready? One, two. Um, no. I'll let, I'll let you start. Or do I have to start? Uh, yeah, it starts with a four-bar drum fill. <laughs> 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 I can't even. I've got cables everywhere. This is going to be very awkward. No, it's not going to be my best performance. It'll be fine. Okay. Um, I like when I ever have that. I just kind of sling it over my shoulder. I know. Shoulder. I is can, that going to work? My machine's all over here. It's the direction of the machine stuff. I don't know that it can. Hang on. I don't know. When you were wearing it before, it looked like it could. But you looked like you were reporting from like the f- the front lines in Vietnam or something with your <laughs> strap-on recorder. I think I could. I think I, I think you're right. I might I might be able to do this. Um, kind of like. More like that? Yeah, that's what I would do with, like, in-ears. Yeah, okay. I can do that. I hope my machine doesn't fall on the ground. I hope my machine is working and got this gold. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay. going to press play. It's just like <laughs> it's Raekwon. Just... <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. How's it doing? You ready? One, two, three. That, that was pretty guys. good. That wasn't bad. Yeah. I felt pretty good. What'd you think, Dean? Thanks, Will. Thanks, Daniel, for having me in your home and letting me uh, uh, F up your song so bad. But I, I, I thought that was actually pretty good. That was, <laughs> yeah, it was sweet. Thanks, Beach. Yeah. Now, is there an actual recording you want people to hear from the record? Um, yeah, actually, maybe No Nothing would be a cool one. Okay. Why, why did that come up? Um, I don't know. I just think... Uh, That'll show a bit of range between uh, this little pop ditty we just threw out, and um, that one's pretty orchestral, 
um, and it's uh, it's just a different mood. I don't know. Okay. Yep. That's fair. This is No Nothing by Will Curry in the Country French. Daniel, Will, best of luck with everything. Thank you for uh, your time today. Thank you. Thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 